Ruth is here from uh, NCLS, and uh, NCLS and Geneva have been partnering together in a, in a church planning census uh, across Australia. Uh, in many ways, we've, we've all heard the need uh, this weekend. So this, uh, this slide of Australia, this map of Australia, has lifted our eyes, hopefully, from our current context. So as I think about Arncliffe, uh, I've been reminded of, of the needs in Joondalup, of the needs in Burnie, of the needs in Cairns, uh, and the needs in Cranbourne um, South. Can we get that slide up of, the, uh, of Australia? Great, excellent. Uh, isn't it great to be able to uh, be lifted out of our, our existing context uh, and to see a great need around the place, but also to be encouraged Encouraged to be ministering in our own context, uh, in our own streets. Uh, as I personally reflect um, on some of the research that we've been doing um, and of, of just my own context of seeking to share Jesus, seeking to claim Jesus in my own street, uh, I've been able to see the difficulty, the hardness um, of, of doing just that. Uh, so what do, we, what do we know about the church? Uh, what's the current state of play? If we move on a couple of slides, we'll see uh, that it's not a simple picture, is it? Uh, we've seen in the growth of, of the no religions, and we've, we've heard that, we've seen that uh, from, the, from the church plants uh, perspective in, in the inner west um, and also in, 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 uh, in regional areas as well. We've seen that 9 out of 10, uh, or 7 out of 10, though, still affiliate uh, with a Christian denomination. If you look at the, look at the denominational picture in the next slide, uh, you'll see that a, that a cross-section, the Catholics are, are maintaining the same largely through uh, migration into Australia. Uh, and you'll see there's been some decline in, in, in existing uh, denominations. Uh, and again, you'll see the, uh, the growth of other or no religion and, uh, and not stated as well. And helpfully as well, the, uh, the growth of other religion as, again, we see net migration coming into the country, which we'll, uh, we'll finish on uh, a little bit later. So what about uh, religious belief? Uh, what, are actually, what are actually people thinking about, about the church? Well... What's helpful is, uh, and w- what we see great opportunity in, is that there hasn't been a real change um, in belief. Uh, more, well, about seven out of ten p- people still believe um, in God, uh, and you'll see this in terms of spiritual beliefs. Forty-nine percent believe uh, in life after death. Uh, and a question that um, Ruth, that you can probably talk to, that you've added into the um, into the study into Australian um, in, into Australian attitudes, we see uh, spiritual belief. So in terms of 31% agreeing that Jesus' resurrection was an historical event. Now, depending on how you, how you see things, I see these as, as, a, as a great opportunity. Uh, we, we have a context in which to, uh, to proclaim Jesus. Um, great opportunity, although uh, you know, great, uh, great difficulty as well. And we see in the spread across the age groups that, uh, that not, all, uh, not all people in Australia are hardcore atheists. In fact, the, the largest group there across all the age groups is, is neutral, is uncertain. Uh, we've got a space uh, to be able to proclaim uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. But what about at church? The next slide looks at a church uh, of about 100 people. Uh, we've seen, uh, we, we can see in that day there, probably a bit hard to see, that uh, the age of uh, an average church member has grown in the last 10 years. Uh, so it's gone up from 52 to 50, 55 years. Uh, so we know, that, uh, we know that in a lot of our churches uh, that our, we've got an ageing population as well. And we've seen also uh, the ongoing age gap between what's there in the national population and what's in our churches. So as we move down, uh, down the line, we'll see that it, uh, there's a young, when we get to the younger age groups, there is a less, uh, a less representation in our church uh, than in the average community as well. 
Uh, and if you look at the key stat there, the, the key newcomer stat there, of, uh, of the 100 people, eight people are newcomers. And, and in the research that we've done in terms of looking at literature and looking at church health uh, around the world and the studies that have been done, the newcomer stat is, is a key indicator of vitality, of growth, of a church that is healthy. Uh, and, and I don't think the picture is that great in terms of only, uh, in terms of only eight people uh, being newcomers in our church. So in the last uh, of 100 people, only eight people um, uh, in the last five years have, have come new to a church. So there's a lot of work um, to do there. So what are we, what are we seeking to do? Uh, what are we hoping to do as part of this project? We want to undertake a church planning census. We want to see uh, a picture uh, of the last 10 years of church planning that's taken place in Australia. It's been a time where church planning has been on the agenda. Uh, we've seen a you know, growth of conferences in the early 2000s, uh, particularly in Australia. Uh, we saw a desire by denominations and churches to, to church plant. Uh, so we want to get an understanding of, of what's been happening across denominations, all, all, uh, all 20 Protestant denominations in Australia. Uh, we've been surveying as well international experts. We've been reviewing the literature, uh, and we've been also surveying local experts as well in order to do phase two of the research, uh, which is an in-depth study. Uh, so so far, we've identified over 750 church plants, and we've identified 50 churches church plants that have closed. Uh, obviously, uh, it's harder to talk about, um, you know, where it goes wrong, um, but it's it's really important to understand not only where it's been successful. Uh, or effective, but also where we've seen um, uh, yeah, failures or where church plants have closed. Uh, we want to look at both, and so that's what we're seeking to do. Uh, we're hoping to look at church planting broadly in that in-depth study, also get an understanding of, uh, of what makes a, uh, a, a lead church plant a tick, um, and also to look into a couple of areas like urban, uh, regional, uh, and ethnic, uh, ethnic church planting as well. So what have, we, uh, what have we found just in our initial work? I'll hand it over to Ruth. I'm mic'd up. Now I'm on. Lovely. Okay. Well, can I just thank you for having me at this conference? I know I'm coming in at the last session. Often I get to do the first session in a conference and set the scene. So I'm very interested that you've actually positioned this this presentation at the end, and I, I think it's not bad. So if you can hang in with some numbers, the goal of this session is to actually send you out with a picture of the harvest is plentiful, here is the mission context for the work that you do, and all the, all the things that you have learnt and been equipped with over these last few days, just a reminder of what's out those doors. So hang in with the numbers. We'll scoot over them. You don't have to remember them. I think there was some material in your bags that you can take home, and we'll provide uh, both... Uh, the slides of this particular presentation, and there's a full 25, probably it'll be a 40-page report by the time we've finished with it. That'll come out next year, and you can read the gory detail to your heart's content. Uh, just let me introduce myself. I'm Director of NCLS Research, and I have been part of the NCLS team for 21 years now, and I think it's been a, a role that I, it's been an incredible privilege to work in this team, uh, to be apprenticed through... Uh, to a place where I'm, I'm able to continue to serve the churches with my gifts and skills. Uh, if I can just introduce NCLS, the next slide. Uh, you may not know about National Church Life Survey. We, we, our work is to really do, be mission researchers on behalf of the church. And we do surveys of the wider community to listen well to what the wider community is saying about God and about the churches. Um, but we also have started doing this National Church Life Survey every five years at the same time as the census. 
We thought it was a one-year project when we started 20 years ago in 1991 and blow me down, 20 years on, we're still doing it. We have completed the 2011 National Church Life Survey. You can see in the table there, it's a project that has had around 23 denominations take part, a uh, full spectrum of Anglican, Protestant, Pentecostal, small evangelical, um, full range, some house churches, independent churches, etc., have taken part. Uh, it is, we think, the largest database on church life in the world. So that means Australia has pioneered yet again and has this uh, resource to draw on to actually learn about the church. And so just in this last survey last year, um, we had a quarter of a million people who sitting in church, complete surveys, and we asked them about not only what they thought about God, about who they were, what they thought about all sorts of interesting issues, but we asked them about their church. We said we want to feed back to the churches to help them think about their own health and vitality. And you share your experience about your, what, what church is like for you. So we had 3,000 churches and have delivered this year to all of those churches a picture of the health and vitality of their church in what we call a church life profile. We provided planning materials so that they could engage what they were hearing from their people and actually use it to build on the strengths that are there in the life of their churches and go forward. So we resource churches in all sorts of ways. One key area for us is church vitality and we uh, look at that material. We also profile the wider community. In this coming year, we will provide to every church in Australia who wants it a picture of your neighbour. Pin where your church is, we'll draw a circle around and we will describe who is your neighbour around a radius around your church building we'll pick and say, if you want it, just again, with this mission heart, this is what it's about. Another key agenda, which I won't be talking about today, is work on effective and sustainable leadership. And I'm sure this will which will be in the heart of many of you as I, as I embark on my own work. How do I deal with questions of sustainability? We've started looking at issues of burnout and the personal factors that guard against burnout in, in a leader's life. And that'll be stuff we're working on. Um, next slide. One key part of our work, uh, when we have this ridiculously large data set, you pick an issue, we've probably asked questions about it and we've probably got research planned on it. But out of all these possibilities, we have prioritised a few key things. One of those things is innovation in church life, what we call innovation. Because we understand that when you have a context like Scott's just described, where people are less likely to even say they belong to a Christian church, they are less likely to believe, although as Scott said, he went for the glass half full rather than the glass half empty approach. But people in Australia are less likely to believe. We know that younger people have left the church um, well, they were young in the 60s, but then the next generation left and the next generation left. So over the whole church, we, are, we have an ageing church. Uh, it's not true everywhere, but that is a major dilemma. And it's the young ones in our society who are, who are most likely to say, no religion, no belief, no God. That's the challenge because that's what's coming through. How will they bring that through with them? Question of new wineskins. Against that challenge, against that context, the call to participate in God's mission and participate in building the kingdom of God is louder than ever. And you guys are on the front line and bless you for it. Let me tell you some of the things we've found. We've been focusing on this for quite a while. Next slide. We've done a whole range of studies over the years. We've been looking at this for years and I'm just so pleased to be working with Geneva Push on taking it the next phase and doing further work because it is such an important area to understand uh, engaging what's going on in terms of the new, new initiatives, uh, possibilities. We've done lots of studies. 
We've also collected a lot of stories. A couple of years ago, uh, one of my team members and I came and did some interviews with some of you. I would love it if you contacted me over lunch and said, I'm willing to come back two years later and give you the next instalment. We're storing your stories. We'll talk with you before we ever publish them. But we want to journey with you and listen to your stories. So if you, if you were one of those people, or if you would be open for us to interview you and listen to where you're at now, your own reflections, we would love to hear your story. It's another project, but I'll just throw the ad in there. Uh, next slide. Okay. Let me give you some key findings from what we have found to date from our work over the National Church Life Surveys. First message is that when you, we talk to these now millions of church attenders in Australia from all those denominations in all contexts, what we find is most church attenders say they are open to new initiatives in church life. They are ready. They are open. Uh, some previous stats, 72% said, yes, there is a need for new initiatives in church life. 67, when we said, now, if you've got resources and you've got the existing and you've got the new, you know, and you can't do everything, what do you think should happen? Two-thirds said we should be shifting our resources to the new. Just you might want to use that one, you know, in some of your circumstances. When we said, all right, but what about you? It's all very well to wave your hand and say somebody should do something about it. What about you? Are you willing to personally support new initiatives in your church life? 82% said, I would. I would support new action, new initiatives. And we gave them a whole range of models. What do you reckon about this one? What do you reckon about that one? They were open to all sorts of possibilities. So the, but the church attender in the pew is open to new initiatives. Next slide. We also have found in this most recent survey that the level of openness is, has increased over the last decade. So when we said, do you think your church is open to new initiatives? The proportion of people who strongly agree that their church is always ready to try something new has increased. Can you see the 2001 figure gone up and 2011 has increased? That's extraordinary. There is a trend of increasing openness within churches. Next slide. What I'm going to focus on now is one particular study. And can I say this was done specially for you guys. It was done in the last few days. No, this is hot off the press, hot off the data computers. Uh, and I was literally finishing it last night. So thanks to my team for doing this because Scott said, can we actually have a look at church plants, a specific group, and just see what's going on? Are they, what's their vitality like? So this is a study of the 113 church plants that took part in the National Church Life Survey. If you didn't want to come and do, want to do one of our surveys, we'd love you to do it so we can add you to the mix. But the 113 plants did the Church Life Survey and we've compared them to 4,000 non-plants. Okay, how do they perform? Let's go on to the next slide. Let me introduce you to our measures of health and vitality. If, I, if we had the time and I asked you, how do you think about what a healthy church looks like? And we did the whiteboard exercise and we put it up. I think you would probably name many of the things that we've ended up with in our model here. It is not a perfect model. You, we could have had seven or nine or 23 or something. We've ended up settling on these qualities because we found them not only from people's wisdom, from the literature, uh, confirmation from other places, but also we found them confirmed by the data from those millions of churches across Australia uh, over the last 20 years. We name, one of the things we've done is we go, health is not just about numbers and numerical growth. Still, we go back to that as going, well, if you're growing numerically, you must be a healthy church. 
We've said that is one way of thinking about health. We want to talk about qualities of health. First row are the internal dimensions of a church life. So the first ones are, is this a church where people say, I, am, I have been helped to grow in my faith? Is this a church where people say the worship is vital and nurturing? Is this a church where people say they have a sense of belonging? Those are the three blue ones. They're about the internal life. The next set, which we've deliberately put in the middle, are what we call, they're the catalysts. This is where the action happens. Is this a church where people say that there's a vision for the future and I am committed to it? Is this a church where the leadership is empowering? This is a mobilising, equipping thing. It's not a, a measure of the senior pastor. It's about a culture of, of equipping. Is this a place that people feel mobilised? Is this a church that is open to new possibilities? The red set are about mission, outward focus. It's about, ah, is this a church that helps me be the hands and feet of Christ? Is this a church that helps me speak with words about my faith, share my faith, but more than that, do I invite people to my church? And finally, inclusion. Do I think about the person on the fringe, the person drifting out or the new person arriving? And then finally, we have three measures which are numbers. Are you hanging on to your young people? Do you have newcomers who were not part of a church? And finally, are you growing or declining? Now, that's a big picture. Drum roll, please. How do church plants, I'm naming one particular group, okay, we're not talking about all new initiatives, one group, how do they perform on those 12 measures of vitality compared to the rest of the church? And the result is, ta-da, across the whole lot, church plants have greater vitality than other churches and they are significantly higher across every one of those core qualities than the non-church plants. You heard it here. You heard it first. There you go. So, of course, there are many ways of being involved in new initiatives in church life. Church planting is one particular style. But of this study, you can go out. If that's what you're doing, bless you. It is worth pursuing that as a form of new wineskin at the moment. Let me just give you the numbers quickly. And remember, I'll, go through, I'll skim through this, but just give you the flavour. So let me look at the first three. So this is one indicator. All we've managed to do is one indicator from each of these qualities. Of the whole lot of questions, we've picked one. Can you see the growth in faith? Non-plants, 28. Plants, 35% of attenders say, I've experienced much growth. Vital and nurturing worship, 20, 31. Strong and growing belonging, 52 versus 68. These are highly significant differences statistically, if you need to be convinced. They look different, don't they? Let's look at the next three. Okay, clear and owned vision, 32% is normal, 48% of people in church plants say, I know what the vision is and I'm on board with it. Leadership, inspiring and encouraging, equipping leadership, 25%, it's a third in church plants. Now, of course, of course, innovation, 14% versus 30%, double the proportion who strongly agree that this congregation is always ready to try something new. Well, they've just lived it, haven't they? Okay, and the next set. Let's go to service. When you compare, we counted how many things people do on a practical level, write to an MP, give, a, give money, um, you know, take, take action uh, in terms of visiting hospitals or, you know, some sort of action like that, service and action. Uh, this is a bit of a funny one, but you can still see the, me the mean score for non-plants, 2.8 versus 3.1. 
coming back to percentages, 40% share faith in church plants, 51%. And can I just say something as, as an aside on this one? Faith sharing, we have discovered when we've looked at the relationship between these core qualities, the big hitters, if you need a button to push, because it's always nice to have a nice easy message, isn't it? Even if you're told a thousand times it's complex and you can't take something from one context and apply it to another. If I had to back a few buttons to push, I would back the vision button, the empowering leadership button and the faith sharing button. And this one is most related to most other things. So if you get this right, you will bring all the other qualities with it. Frightening thing, though, when we look at the Australian church, people, while all these qualities are strengthening over time in the Australian church, one of them that's not is this one. And our newcomer levels are static. You know what we know about newcomers? They come because people invited them. People spoke to them about faith and said, hey, my church is a fantastic place. They fed me when I was hungry. They've helped me with my kids. They've helped me think about being a good parent. And you should come along. It's a really good place. You trust me because you have a relationship with me. Come with me on Sunday. And you invite them one, two, three, 30 times, and then they come. We are not speaking about our faith. We're stronger on all the other qualities in our churches across Australia, and we're going backwards on this one. It's like we've turned in and are consolidating against the challenges but I, I would put out a, a clear call to say this is key. And it's key because we know that you get this right, this is related to all the other qualities. Finally, inclusion, uh, 11 verses 17. Church plant, people in church plants are thinking about the person who is quiet and tentative and sits up the back and slips out. They are attending to that. They are not simply attending to the core. Okay, next slide. What's interesting is we did some extra tests. You could say, ah, church plants are only good because they're all urban and urban churches are more vital than, you know, small rural churches. Or church plants are more likely to be evangelical or Pentecostal and they're the ones that are strong. So you're really only just describing evangelical or Pentecostal churches. It's not about being a plant. We controlled for those two things, locality and faith tradition, and we still found that if you're a church plant and not evangelical or Pentecostal, and not in an urban setting, you are still stronger than a non-plant. Okay? So you can't just explain it away. Those are important things, but there is something still above and beyond that. Okay, I'm using up all my time here, Scott. Let's scoot through some more. Another fantastic finding is newcomers who are not part of a church in the past five years. Here's the big hitter, non-plants, 8% as Scott mentioned. 6% when you throw the Catholics in the mix. Plants, 17%. Okay? Right. What we're now doing is mapping the census, mapping church plants, and I'll just give you a real overview. Just we'll go to the next slide there. Lots of limitations. We all use different terms, and we are struggling because we all use different language. We're going to open it up and say, if it's new, if you think it's new, you're doing something new, good enough for us. Tell us about it. We're not pinning anything down at the moment. Number two, really hard to find reliable sources. So we're just going to map what we've got out of what we've got. It's like we're mapping <laughs> Australia and there's a whole lot missing, but we've got to start somewhere. There are lots of ways of thinking about it and the report that you'll get later next year will have these seven ways of thinking about innovation or, or uh, new initiatives. Is this a church founded in the last five years? Is this a church that is, identifies themselves as a church plant? 
Is this a church that says they're a parent church that has planted another church? How many are doing multi-church planting? How many do new worship services? How many say we're doing a highly experimental or pioneering form of church or outreach? I'll skip around the, the results on the next slide and I'll give you this. Let's, we'll go past that one. Okay. In the last five years, this is what we know. Of all the churches in Australia, 3% were founded in the last five years. When you ask, are you, does this describe you, are you a church plant, 09 or 1% say we are a church plant. We're not the result of a split. We're not the result of an amalgamation. We are a church plant in that really tight definition. 11.7% of churches said they've planted another church. Of those churches, a third of them have planted more than one church. They are multi-site planters. I'll just go back a little bit and I'll skip around the other ones. A third of Australian churches have started a worship service. Just back to the, the um, map, that's it. 12% have been in pioneering acts and 17% have done outreach mission. What I see from that is when you take these seven perspectives, you see that, in fact, the church is stepping up and being active in all sorts of ways. Now, if we can go on to the denominational slide, you're going to want to stay on this, and I've used up all our time. The main message is the Pentecostals are the big hitters on every single uh, type of new initiative or innovation. They out, outstrip everybody else in terms of the, the quantity of what they're doing. That's, that's a good lesson to, to hear from. Different denominations are focusing in different areas. Um, and again, we have the problem of language. What one person calls a new worship service, another person calls a new congregation, another person calls a church plant. So we don't know what we're counting always here, but it's a start. Okay, let's move on. Up to, um, it'd be helpful to open up to a few questions. Uh, we've got Ruth here today. She'll be here as, uh, as we said over lunch. Uh, I think what's, what's important, the reason why this is at the end is because uh, we want to be undergirded, don't we, by uh, the word of God. Uh, we want to be reminded uh, that God is sovereign uh, in salvation. Uh, we want God's mission uh, to be driving us uh, and the work that we're doing. But it is important, isn't it, to, to count, to ask questions, uh, to look at the picture in the Australian church. And so that's what we're seeking to do here. We're seeking to um, understand better so that, so that we, can do, uh, we can do this better. Uh, just back on that last slide, we've, we've interviewed a number, of, um, a number of people already, as I said, uh, from around the place. Uh, this, this from one denominational leader, that quote there. If we did it right and we did it well, most of our plants uh, could get away and that would encourage more people and it would snowball. But we've been anxious, half-baked, and that has burned a lot of people for church planning. They say, yeah, we went down the church planning track. It was a disaster. What's interesting, if you go back two or three slides and you see uh, the picture of church plants, next one back, uh, is that uh, it's been quite a static picture. For all the, the, the talk and the noise and the, you know, the growth of books uh, in Australia, we haven't seen... Um, a, you know, uh, I guess a large, uh, steep rise uh, in church planning. Uh, and what we've seen, haven't you, the difference between 2001 to 2006 mm. to 2006 to 2007? Yep. Uh, one of the things we've found is looking at the last five years back from the la this current survey and then the five years from the 2006 back. So we're thinking the first half of the decade and the second half of the decade. Across all of these things, we are seeing a trend that shows there is less planting less new worship services, there is less activity. Now, it's not totally true 
but we think in the last five years there's been less activity in terms of new initiatives than the first part of this decade. Another, it's just something to really think about and reflect on. And if we go back to those quotes, uh, what what uh, what we've seen, especially as my wife Natalie's been, uh, you know, speaking with uh, with the denominational leaders, uh, you know, is is this story uh, of the nine plants that were done in the last ten years? Only two are still viable. Of of the fifty uh, or the, the the more than fifty closed plants that we've uh, we've seen, seventy uh, percent of those uh, closed uh, by the four, were closed by the fourth year. Uh, so the data, the data in some ways is matching up with the data that we have from, from North America, uh, but it's important that we learn from those. Uh, uh, we learn from from everything that we've done, so that we might do it better. Uh, and finally, there, if I guess I wanted to put this out there to say, well, what if, uh, what if the the thousand church plants that we've been able to identify, uh, and and probably uh, the five hundred or more church plants that weren't successful, what if they were successful? What would what would the church health of, of Australia look like? Uh, that's that's the opportunity that that we have before us, uh, and that's the challenge as well. Uh, so, are there any any questions? This is really just a clarification, because um, you kind of had all those ways of assessing what count, like constitutes a church plant. Are they the ways you determine what went into? being a church plant for the purposes of the statistics or how did you assess what counts as a church plant? Okay, in terms of the church plant census that we're working on with Geneva Push, because of the limitations of going different groups, different denominations and traditions use language differently and it's changing all the time. What we've done is we've drawn from a whole range of questions and so we're actually just, uh, we're not using that to define a church plant, we're simply saying, how does new initiative happen in Australian church life? It can happen in a range of ways and people use different language. So it's like looking at, a, you know, it's like the elephant in the room and the blind person feeling it and one person's feeling the trunk and the other person's feeling the leg. We're doing that. We're a bit blind, but we're sort of going, right, it looks like we can tell this from this. It'll consolidate. I mean, I was talking to Scott on the way here and going, I'd be interested to ask everybody, would it help if we came up with a really tight definition at this point, we're not convinced it is. We just want to leave it open and go, what is your language? We'll work with your language. But we're trying to talk about innovation, something new, you, you know, that sort of thing. In terms of that study I presented, for that one, I used a very tight definition. What we did was we said, in the last five years, has any of these things happened to your church? We've amalgamated, we've split, we've um, done something. And one of them was, we are a new church plant. So they self-identified. It was that 1% who said, we are a church plant. So that was 113 churches self-identified. We're not a split, we're not this, but we are a new church plant, and we studied that group just for that study. Thanks, Ruth. Um, I would be fascinated at some stage to... Uh, survey a congregation, perhaps my own congregation, every six to 12 months. Is that something that you would recommend? Is there something that you have documents prepared that we could do that? Um, can you speak to that? Thank you for that question. That's a lovely one. You order the forms today. We'll have them to you by Monday. And we'll have, except that it's Christmas, so my poor team's going on holidays next week. Even next year, two weeks, we'll have the results back to you once you provide the forms. We've just done a national church life survey but we, will, we offer a church life survey 
on your time, on your terms. And we would we know, because we've actually studied them, churches that um, are reflective, that plan ahead and are intentional are healthier churches. You talk, the, Hillsong does it every five years with us. You will never know what their results are and we will never tell you, but they use it at, at, for, for their strategic planning because it gives a voice to everybody in their congregation to feedback on a whole range of issues. So we, you can do it every year, probably six months. If you're really moving fast, maybe. I'd say probably annually is, is fine every two years. It's too much to wait every five years. That just gives you a national benchmark. And that gives us a national picture that we can compare you. And if you do it more than once, you will get a picture that this is you. This is you last time you did the survey and the time before that. And here's a benchmark. If you're part of the Anglican um, you know, church, we will give you, here's the Anglicans. You can compare yourself to the Anglicans or the Baptists in Queensland or whatever it is. Um, the, other, the other helpful resource I have for church planners is a, a community profile. So the profile that uh, Ruth was talking about where you, you put a pin in the map and look at two kilometres, five kilometres, uh, that is ordinarily sixteen hundred bucks, but for church planners, it's only one hundred and sixty dollars, uh, and that's a that's a, a helpful tool, a tool. And we'll actually be we're going to send out. We decided on Friday at my board meeting that we we think we're going to send make them and send them to churches and go here it is. If you want, we've done it for you. If you want it, pay the hundred bucks, whatever it is. If you don't, just send it back. No cost to you. But we're we're gonna we're gonna because we believe in actually supporting your mission. We're gonna subsidise it to that degree. Well, thanks, Ruth, for, uh, for coming today. Thanks for the, the work you're doing. Sorry, Scott. Oh, we've got one more question, do we? Okay. <laughs> so I just wanted to ask you, for those who don't really know Geneva very well or what we do, um, could you address the area of what, so what, what would be Geneva doing uh, that would help or decrease the likelihood of um, church plants fizzling out? So one of the, the one of the great things that our American uh, brothers and sisters do is they research and uh, they ask they ask lots of questions about crazy stuff, um, but also about really helpful stuff. And so, um, uh, one of the things that we're trying to do here at Geneva is is to use, is to I guess leverage off some of that research and put in some systems uh, that hopefully support and ensure that church planning is done uh, done better and and people are saved from from the hardship of uh, of church plant. Uh, failures. The reality is, though, that there will still be, um, you know, church plants that don't survive. There will still be church plants, um, you know, that don't see uh, great growth versus, versus those other things. We, we need to still start the new things, um, but it would be helpful to um, to have some th- systems in place. So we do three things at Geneva. Al's talked about it with the loop uh, assessment, working out if you have the right character, uh, competency, and uh, and convictions um, to plant a church. Um, Coaching was the other thing that increased uh, survivability. So we provide coaching for, for three years. Uh, an experienced planner walks alongside you uh, and helps you in the hard work of planting. And finally, we're, we're seeking to, um, to build a peer network. As I do my research chatting with plants sort of five, six years ago, it's amazing how many of them read books in the first six months, uh, met up with people in those first six months, but then, then they, they stopped doing that. And so Geneva's hoping to do more of this where we can get together, encourage each other, remind each other of, of, uh, of, of the greatness of our God uh, and, and push forward in, in starting these, these new things. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's what Geneva's doing in terms of, um, I guess, backing off that research. Uh, so those three things uh, are what we're doing. Uh, my wife, Natalie, will hopefully be in contact with you next year. Uh, and, uh, and Ruth uh, and I are still trying to work out, well, what does it look like to to survey, um, you know, hopefully 2,000 church plants, uh, particularly when they're busy and they don't like, uh, <laughs> they don't like getting back to you. So, um, <laughs> so we're, we're, uh, we're hoping to release that data um, next year.
Great. Thanks, Ruth. Thank you. Thanks, Stu.